What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. And with me again for return engagement, David Axelrod. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, I enjoyed myself so much the last time, I just couldn't wait to get back. Yeah, I had to come back, and we had to check how you did, by the way. Yes. Have you ever seen anything quite like this? No. I, I don't think there has been anything quite like this in the annals of Chicago mayoral history. Generally, you have, you know, clear front runners, and certainly not a field this large. Uh, this is uh, the most unfathomable race for Chicago mayor in my lifetime. Yeah, it, it has defied logic on so many fronts. First, Rahm deciding not to run, even though I thought he wouldn't and you thought he wouldn't, but most people thought he would. And then the field didn't get narrowed. Yeah. And then the bombshell. Burke, his right. office was raided, and then he's charged. Mm -hmm. Who has been hurt most by the scandal, the extraordinary scandal that includes Danny Solis wearing a wire? Well, I mean, uh, you'd have to say Tony Preckwinkle because, uh, you know, she, she was the one who had the fundraiser and had to return the money. But there was collateral damage to Mendoza, I think, who was married in the Burke home and had her own contributions that she had to return. Um, you know, maybe Chico was touched by it a little because he was viewed as a Burke guy, although I think somehow a little less uh, than the others. Um, but uh, it, it really um, became a central issue for weeks uh, in this campaign that nobody anticipated. And Daly brokered the deal that restored Burke to finance in 89 after Burke threatened to run for mayor, did run briefly, and then got out. Yeah, I'd say that he, uh, but that you, you are as the sort of resident City Hall historian <laughs> remembers that most Chicago voters don't. Um, so he's lucky. I think in he that was way. less t touched by this than, uh, uh, than others. How has he remained above the fray somehow? Is it because he's running a rose garden strategy and avoiding the debate that had the, the higher candidates in the field? You know, you, you, people criticized him for that, but, um, you know, just from through the, the, the shrewd political calculus lens, uh, you know, I don't know how much damage he took from not showing up there, and he did get in with the second group. It was probably a less contentious debate. It was a less watched uh, debate. Uh, and so, you know, through that lens, 
you, you would argue, well, maybe that was a smart political move. But the two newspapers, dramatically different views. Our endorsement in an eloquently written one by Tom McNamee for Lori Lightfoot, making the case that there are these two Chicagos and they're sick and tired of it. I mean, this, this neighborhood that we are in right now is booming a couple blocks west. No. Yes. Uh, and the Tribune for Bill Daly. Is that going to matter at all? You know, everything's going to matter because the race is so marginal. I mean, you look at these public polls, and I think private polls echo this. Uh, you know, you have a point or two separating four or five candidates. So anything that gives you an edge, I think the fact that Bill Daly has more money than the others and to run his advertising and, and fuel a field operation and so on uh, could be... Uh, decisive. Uh, the newspaper endorsements, though they don't carry the same influence that they did years ago, um, if they make a point or two difference, that could be decisive in the race. So uh, I think the reason this is so hard to read is that there are uh, many different factors. The union endorsements uh, of, uh, of Tony Preckwinkle, and obviously those came with big resources. Also, you know, bespeaks a certain field capacity uh, just in mobilizing their own members that could be uh, very helpful to her. There are a lot of factors at play in this race right now. And then you have the operating engineers spending three quarters of a million dollars to ads. malign Bill Daly and call him anti-working man. Yeah, there are two ways to look at it if you're Bill Daly. Uh, one is uh, you know, Mario Cuomo once said, nobody ever shoots backwards in cowboy movies. So it means you're in the front, right? You're in the lead. You're one of the front runners. Um, but, um, you know, people are just tuning into the race right now. And he has a strategic decision to make. What do you do with that ad? Do you respond to it? Uh, do you try and overwhelm it with your own positive advertising? He's going to have to make a tough calculation. And he's sending valentines to women. Uh, according to Mark Brown, his wife got a valentine from Bill Daly. Well, he's got a lot of money to send valentine cards to female voters. Or maybe he just has uh, affection for Mark's wife, Hanky. I doubt it. I don't <laughs> think she's the only woman. Uh, does it surprise you that Bill Daly has managed to avoid the tar and feathering of the daily years, and particularly the scandals that plagued his brother. Well, when I saw you last time, I said that the daily name was a, a blessing and a burden. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there are some voters who uh, will gravitate to him because the daily name uh, represents a certain solidity in their minds. Uh, and, you know, with older voters, I think it'll be a big advantage. Uh, or potentially a big advantage with some of those voters. Um, and then, yeah, there are they're accumulated uh, nicks and bruises of those years that also uh, assigned to him. Um, so, uh, you know, no one has really, I mean, Men, uh, you know, Mendoza and Preckwinkle were engaged in back and forth for many, many weeks. Uh, and no one was taking shots at Bill Daly. Um, and so, you know, he has benefited from this large field um, and, you know, run a smart, pretty smart campaign, I think. Right, but he's managed to be somewhat impatient about the questions about the past. Mostly with you. Mostly with me. Yes. 
And he's using a line that I had a laugh. I saw Jonathan Taves use in a Chevy commercial where he said that the, the windshield is bigger than the rear view mirror. And Bill just lo and behold repeated that. I think is, is well, there's some plagiarism nobody going on can somewhere. Argue, but nobody can argue the point, right? It, That's is, right. it is bigger. That's right. Um, but is it enough to just say, oh, I don't want to talk about the past. I'm tired of talking about the past. Well, I mean, uh, the, a general election is going to uh, be a little bit more exacting, and I'm sure he'll get those questions. But I do think that people are concerned about the future, and the real, the real challenge for both candidates, whoever emerges, and if he's one of them, he'll have to face this, is people are going to begin to really scrutinize what they're saying about the future. I will say this. He, you know, he, he has, alone among the candidates, been pretty outspoken about the need for pension reform and his willingness to take that on. He's been willing to, uh, he's taken a position against an elected school board, and there are a lot of people who fear what an elected, elected school board would mean in terms of the dominance of the teachers' union, essentially electing a board and then negotiating with themselves. Um, so, and those are not easy positions to take. I think an elected school board is probably a popular, uh, a popular view. Certainly, people have mixed feelings about pensions, um, and so you know, in that sense, he has uh, broken from the field and in, uh, and and you know deserves some credit for that. But. Everyone, anyone who gets in, when you have 14 candidates, no one gets the scrutiny that they deserve. Right. And when you get down to two, it gets much more difficult. Mendoza has been somewhat surprising in that in a lot of the polls, she's not doing that well. Why do you suppose that is? You know, part of it is Gary Chico. Gary Chico has run a stronger campaign than people anticipate. He's raised money and he's run some very effective ads. And uh, he is, to some degree, carving into her base. Um, you know, he's up there in you know nine, ten percent in the polls, and uh, you know, an, uh, some percentage of that vote I, had been expected to be her vote. I still think uh, that she is in the hunt here. I would not rule her out. You thought um, she was going to be in the I did. runoff with Brett Yeah, Brent and I Lincoln. was one who, I thought when last we got together, I said at that moment, yeah. if the election were so today. So what happened? What happened? I think Chico happened. I th that was a, a, a big part of it. She was touched a bit by the Burke uh, a lot. Sto a story. A lot, and, and by and Solis. Preckwinkle, and Preckwinkle. And Madigan, right. all of it. And Preckwinkle uh, was going after her on a pretty consistent basis, thinking that she would be a formidable opponent in the general. So she's taken those hits. Um, I, it's interesting, you know, I think she, she's been fairly effective in these debates and forums. Um, I wonder sometimes if in her advertising if, um, you know, how she comes across in the ads suggests, you know, executive is there a lightweightedness to it? Yeah, yeah I, which I think is not really uh, who she is. I mean, you know, she, she holds her own in these forums and debates on policy questions. Um, but the ads were mostly about personality, you know, and projecting her as an energetic new generation candidate. And it could be that they overshot the runway. In what way? There's not enough gravitas displayed in the ads? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not substantive enough, uh, at least the early ads. Um, and 
you know, uh, she is energetic and she is, um, you know, feisty and they tried to sell that, but she also just for, just for reasons of presentation could also come across as, as, a, as young, uh, maybe not equipped, uh, you know, and I, I, again, I don't think that's right, but, um, and I don't know, because I don't have the benefit of research, I don't know how people actually react to these, perhaps they've tested uh, these ads, but for whatever reason, they haven't connected in the way, for example, Chico's ads have connected, he came from low single digits to become a contender in the race, I think those ads have been uh, more effective. Do you think she comes off as shrill, or is there a is I don't it know the whether, quality of her voice? Yeah, I mean, it, the quality of her voice is, and no one can, you can't do anything about that. Well, you could you have know. surgery. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> but, uh, but not in time for the runoff. No, that's true, you wouldn't um, be able to recuperate. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I, I think there are presentational questions that, uh, that have ob obscured you know, general asset, genuine assets that she brings to the race. What about her being weighed down by Burke, Madigan, Solis? Problem. It's yeah. A problem. Yeah. You know, is she the one that gets hurt the most by all of that? It's hard from. It's hard to say because I, again, Preckwinkle was, you know, most in the crosshairs at the beginning and had, I think, some uh, kind of taciturn exchanges with maybe you and some of the other reporters over it. Um, but that was earlier, and then the, in the next chapters, uh, Mendoza was more exposed to it. The other thing is, Fran, I don't know how much people are actually paying attention. You look at early voting, uh, and all the indications are that this is going to be an abysmally low voter turnout, and it suggests to me that there isn't a lot of interest in this race. Why? Why? Well, I don't get well, it. I mean, you and I both covered the Harold Washington election. Yeah. You could feel the pulse yes. of that excitement it was in the, the most. Streets. That was one of the most dynamic races that I've ever seen anywhere. Right. Uh, and Where remember, is that? But remember... Um, also, that you had three candidates, all larger-than-life oh, figures, yeah. well, sure. Jane Byrne, Rich Daly, Harold Washington, that it was covered as a major event. Remember, the, I think the television stations like, uh, had a joint, jointly covered these debates. I you mean, and I were on a panel together at a debate, I yes. remember, and all three or four of the debates were on TV live. And, 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 and you know, uh, I mean, By all the, the viewerships, channels. right. And the viewership was enormous. Um, I, I haven't looked to see what the viewership for the first couple of televised debates were, but I bet you it was minuscule. And of course, television itself is not what it was. Um, Everybody's on Netflix or <coughs> whatever they're doing. It is, but it is bewildering because these are going to be a very challenging four years for the city. You know that uh, better than anyone because you cover um, the fiscal uh, the fiscal condition of the city. Um, you know, we have this ongoing crime and violence problem. And just being mayor of any big city uh, is such a challenge because cities are fragile. Even great and vibrant cities are fragile and you're always one incident away, one, uh, you know, uh, reversal in a court or a legislative body away uh, from a crisis. And, um, and so it really matters who's, who the next mayor is. Right, and the next mayor, whoever that is, is going to have their hands full with this city council. 
How yeah. big of a turnover do you think there will be and how much difficulty will it create for the mayor? Well, we, you know, we know that it's, it's already going to be different because uh, Ed Burke was such a big and significant figure for the last 30 years in the city council running that finance committee. But so I think, what happens to him? Let's talk about him for a second. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Does know the word well Does enough. Does he win charged with attempted extortion? Well, there are two questions. Does he win? Okay, and does let's it, talk and about does it. Does and it does it matter, matter anyway? Yeah, okay, right. so first let's talk about does he win? Can he survive I don't know. This? I don't know the, you know, I don't know uh, the 14th Ward well enough to know. Uh, we know that it's over 70% Hispanic. Uh, one has to believe that the... Um, that the indictment is uh, meaningful to people, but... It's not an indictment yet. That will come later. It's an actual attempted extortion charge. Charge, yes. Right, but, and he's going to be hit with a lot of other counts yeah. after the election. Yes, but yeah. in this But, election, I mean, the point is that the taint of scandal sure. hangs over him in this election. That was already challenging for him because the ward has demographically changed so dramatically. Weight against that is he's... You know he is a, he has a lar he has a an organization there that has worked it for years and years and years, and um, you have two opponents. One of them endorsed right. by Chewy Garcia. Right. So right. So, so does you, he? So he, I, I I don't know. But again, I don't. I'm not sure that it matters because uh, I I think the the weight of evidence against him seems pretty dramatic. He says he's going to uh, fight it and that he's going to beat it and you know maybe he will but generally when the federal government moves as aggressively as they have here um, they're pretty confident in the evidence they have and we know from uh, the Solis situation that uh, they have tape here and tape. They have a dozen, at least a dozen phone calls that he recorded where movers and shakers sought city actions from Ed Burke. Right. So do you think Burke ends up cooperating? I don't know. We, you know, that, that's another question you ask about how much turnover there'll be in the city council. There's an election, and then some members of the city council may face charges later. It is going to be, for sure, um, uh, a, a time of change and, and tumult in the, in the city council. How much turnover, would you say? I don't know, Fran. You would know better than I, but um, I think you're going to see a lot of, of, of fresh faces, and we know that the city council is designed under the city charter to be a strong body, not subservient to the mayor. It, it, mayors have brought them to heel over generations, and it has become the tradition in Chicago that the mayors dominate uh, the city council. It's going to be interesting to see if that continues. And if it doesn't, we lived through a period in the late 80s when the city council exerted itself and we had a weak mayor in, after Harold Washington died and Eugene Sawyer served briefly. And it and was a during the during his time they reserted themselves. They did, but that was a little different because he was such a powerful force himself. But um, Are we likely to see a return to council wars? It's a or it, it could be council wars, it could be council chaos. Uh, it's going to be a real challenge for the next mayor. And um, I think aldermen themselves, you cover the city council. I only now read your coverage. I'm not there at the city council meetings. It feels as if these members of the city council are beginning to try and 
exercise their muscle as individual members. We've seen it in uh, cities elsewhere. We just saw, uh, we saw politicians in New York drive Amazon out of mm-hmm. New York. And there is, this, there is this ferment going on at the grassroots. So it's going to be challenging. And especially because given the fiscal situation of the city, you know, there's not going to be a lot of emoluments for mayors to hand out to get uh, members of the city council on and board. And then you have and there's going to be a lot of there's going to be there are going to be hard decisions that the city right, council and then you have remap at a time of a huge black exodus from Chicago, yeah. where there has to be probably a decline in black wards. Yeah. So so just to get to the uh, the point that started this conversation, um, you're going to have. A, a, a we have a mayor. We have an election here that people are not paying attention to. To elect a mayor who is going to face both uh, fiscal and public safety challenges, and a city council that may be more unruly and less controllable uh, than before. So, there are things to be concerned about. So, is Rahm Emanuel laughing up his sleeve that he's not involved in this mess, and 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 at, particularly at a time when this burgeoning federal corruption investigation could bring down the entire power structure? Well, I don't know that he's laughing up his sleeve. And I think it's to his credit, honestly, that uh, I've known Ram for 35 years. He's been in public life for several decades. Um, and, you know, he has not been implicated in, in any, any of these over, over year, his years in federal government, in city government. And that's uh, to his credit. But I, what I know is, and I've said this to you before, and you know this, um, he loves this job. I don't, think he's, I don't think he's laughing up his sleeve. I think he has very mixed feelings about leaving uh, the city. I think he's a confident enough person to believe that, you know, that he knows how to govern. And I'm sure he's watching with interest to see what emerges here, because I think he cares about the city. Okay, so Let's put you on the line again. You said Preckwinkle and Mendoza. You thought Amara Enya was going to be a major factor. Yeah, and she has risen. She has risen, but she's had problems. Oh, she's had problems, but she, she's, you know, in most of the polling I've seen is, is, is also in the 7 to 10 point uh, range. You know, one of the things you have to look at is who is taking votes from whom. Uh, you know, uh, you, Joyce, McCarthy, Vallis, it was thought that they would take votes uh, that daily that might be daily votes and what uh, happened there well I think they're not none of them have really risen in this mix uh, I mean Chico probably has more votes than the those guys combined I think some of that is coming from Mendoza you know uh, Preckwinkle her base is in the African-American community certainly not limited uh, to it so you know Enya, Lori Lightfoot, uh, Willie Wilson are all uh, getting votes that uh, conceivably are coming uh, from her. So when you have 14 candidates, the pie gets sliced up in a lot of different ways. All right. So who's going to make the runoff? I it thought, I was, talking, punch thought I was talking long enough that we could exhaust no, don't, ourselves don't, and I wouldn't have to answer the question. Preckwinkle, has she punched her ticket? Is she going to make it? If you were to bet, you would bet that she would be one of the people in the runoff, and you would bet that because... She started off with the biggest base. Her base has actually shrunken, or shrunk since Seth uh, wrote, yeah, since uh, she began. Um, you know, she started off in some polls in the 20s. I don't think she's there 
uh, now, but she still has formidable assets, not the least of which is the teachers union, the SEIU, giving her a lot of money and will organize uh, for her. I expect that she will probably be in the runoff. Okay, and who's her opponent? If you were to get, I mean, I said the last time, uh, if on that day when you asked me that I would bet that it would be Preckwinkle and Mendoza, I think I, I would say today, if you press me on it, that the best guess is that it would be Preckwinkle and Bill Daly. But um, this thing is close enough, marginal enough, that any, you know, there, there are many results that wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if Mendoza still slipped in. And you've got behind her, you know, you've got Chico, you've got, you know, Lightfoot, uh, the endorsed candidate of Chicago Sun-Times. Um, you know, so uh, no result would surprise me, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I think if Neil Sales Griffin, is that his name, were to win, that would surprise me. And, uh, would it surprise you if we didn't know? LaShawn Ford, that would surprise me, but... Would it surprise you if we didn't know on election night who Preckwinkle's Well, I mean, is? you know, the scenario is, will all the votes be counted? Are there absentee ballots? There are. Mail-in ballots trailing in. And if you have, you know, a few hundred votes separating, you know, candidates uh, two, three, and four you know, a few thousand votes separating the top four or five candidates, uh, you know, we're going to have to wait. So do you think this is going to be an election counted. that drags on? It could. Uh, I mean, I, I think it, 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 very, it very well could. <laughs> yeah, I, as I, I said before we started rolling, I, it, it's challenging. For, having written election night stories, it's challenging if you're, you know, you know, now you have digital, so you can constantly update them. You could just never sleep, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you're perfectly Do you think that's likely? That. Do you think that's likely that we won't know? I think it is, um, it is not a remote possibility. Uh-oh. It is not a remote possibility that we won't know who the two, I mean, we'll know who's not going to be in the runoff. We'll know that. Um, it, it could be that we won't know for some time who is in the runoff. But we will know that Preckwinkle is and we won't know her opponent. Do you think that's what will happen? I can't. Nothing to me is certain, but I think as close to uh, that is that she is likely to be in the runoff. That's been true from the beginning. She's been whittled down some by, you know, the, the, the Burke stories the other people who are taking some of her base vote. But um, I still think she retains enough assets to, to, to be in the runoff. And if she makes the runoff, will she have the same problem that Rom did with difficulty getting to 50? I think it's going to be a, um, it really feels like to me it's going to be a very competitive runoff um, regardless of who gets into the runoff. Uh, with her if she's in the runoff. I, you know, she has, as you've seen polling, you know, she has strength and liabilities. She's, and, you know, uh, and the, the dings that come with long-term incumbency. Um, and no candidate has been fully scrutinized in the, uh, in the primary. So I think it could be a very brutal runoff. I don't think we're going to have necessarily the elevated discussion about the pressing problems of the city that you or I might want. I think it could be dominated by some really tough back and forth. David, thank you for joining us. We will have you back to throw all this in your face again. Well, okay. good, thing, good thing we're not taping this so you can't throw my predictions back at me. <laughs>
<laughs> and let's hope he's wrong about the uh, election that drags on. See you next week.